Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Pop Flash. We're here to talk CSGO. We're here to talk the Blast Showdown. Kicking off the new year here with CSGO. It's been nonstop action all year long, it feels like, but now it's time to go to Denmark and see what the Danes have got in store for us. And joining me to talk about it will be Thorin and Richard Lewis. As always, partners in crime, how are you guys doing? Literally. Thorin, with you. Oh, <laughs> literally. Richard, how are you doing, man? You good? Yeah, I'm all right, man. Uh, you know, I I just got over COVID. I oh, I, I I survived COVID, and all I got was this lousy T-shirt. So I was doing what everyone else has to do in this great garbage industry of ours. Had to pretend I wasn't really ill at all. If I was ill, what was I ill with? If I died, I'd have to disclose. I'd have to say I died of something cooler, like walking up the stairs and having a heart attack because I'm fat. So I had it all planned out with my family. Like, oh, tell them, tell them I died for being a fat mess. Tell them that it'll be better. It'll be I easier. To honest about it. Yeah, yeah. And you know, my, uh, everything was all in plan, and then I lived. So disappointing everyone in the esports business. And now we're here to talk about Counter Strike. Love it. Love Counter Strike. My favorite esports title of all time. Yeah, I mean, that is definitely it. That is definitely the case. Thorin, how have you been doing, sure. man? Are you uh, are you also a survivor? I'm a bit under the weather, but whatever. We'll manage. Here's the thing. Uh, it's a bit like when you do event days. You know this, Emily. Even if you're tired, even if you're a bit off, what you do is you just find something to complain about or make fun of. You get you set, you get the spirits up. You get a bit a bit of a sweat on, and the next thing you know, it's all fine, and you haven't said anything inappropriate and ended your career or anything. Again. I don't even know why I joke about that. My career can't be ended at this point. It's like I'm, it's like I'm actually strapped to a zombie. Like I'm trying my hardest. This guy just won't go down. <laughs> I'm with you. He should have taken a few of these arrows by now, but it's fucking won't stop, will he? So, like, Carrigan just keeps going, top of his game, hated by them all, but still the you best. Just you, just don't, you just don't stop. Exactly. You guys it's a secret. This point. It's, a, it's awesome. And I'm happy because I get to sit here and listen to the bands, and I get to sit here and listen to the analysis uh, going into yet another uh, CSGO event because they are just chaining together now. We're starting to get into that period where it's just going to be one thing after another. Because uh, it was a bit of a slow start to the year, as we all remember, you know, a little bit quiet. Mm -hmm. But now we've really hit our stride, and it feels like you have these teams just going at it week after week. And um, I mean, we could have some very quick thoughts on the uh, the PGL qualifier that just uh, went down, or part of it at least, if you like, because some of those teams are going to be involved in the blast spring. Uh, Heroic, notably, is one that actually topped out there in that group and have managed to uh, you know punch a ticket. So, yeah. uh, was there anything shocking? Uh, that would influence uh, your thoughts going into the blast spring that went you down. Since in the past, I've obviously made a point that I do think Heroic and KD in particular go way overboard when they celebrate. This was yeah. the one time, by the way, it was actually fine because one, they were in a group that like, look, anyone could fuck around with that group and slip up and not qualify. And then two, they'd never beaten Na'Vi. They lost to Na'Vi like a billion times. So that one actually, by the way, actually was warranted. I thought that was a moment where like a lot of people are out on that team. It's the team Na'Vi that's beaten them so many times. Like it's to make the major, etc. Like I think that was a fairly big moment for them. So I thought it was a pretty cool story that they made it through. Obviously, yeah. the problem I have with qualifiers always is I'm coming out from the opposite side to most fans. Here's how it goes. A fan goes, wow, it'd be boring if all the obvious teams made it. So I hope as many of the little teams like get come as close as possible yeah. to an upset or they score an upset. Oh, wow, imagine if a team, the famous one like you're seeing right now with bad news fucking Eagles, is like, what if a team were from a country I don't even know makes it? Like some sort of fucked up aspirational neoliberalist esports philosophy or something. So anyway, when they do all that right, the problem is, I get why they like that but unfortunately I have to come from the opposite perspective because I'm looking at the whole history of the game I'm hoping the major is like let's 
resolve some amazing narratives here, boys. Let's have Carrigan win a major or Nico win a major. And then they're going like, let's have someone I've never heard of win it. And it's like, well, we're sort of on different pages here. So my problem basically is I low-key do just sort of like hope all the favourites win, which must be the most boring way to watch the tournament, I know. But I can't not do it though, Semler, because for me, like, unless they play amazingly, I never get that much of a thrill of like a BO1 upset. Like, especially because I've noticed as well, a factor as to why I do think it's dangerous that every team, even the best, has to qualify through these scenarios is because if you've never noticed, there's also like a pressure for major qualifiers that doesn't exist in any other... Like, even like tier one tournaments, dude, in a group stage, feel less pressure than being like even the best team in the world in a fucking major qualifier. Like, the problem is we've all remembered like the NIPs of the world who were still top 10 teams, but didn't even make it fanatic, mouse spot. There's a few teams have fucked it up so like i have to say when i watch it like i think people underestimate how much pressure the big team is under and then man alive these little minnows always play like the tournament of their life in that bo1 like that is the world championship to them you can tell whereas to you you know you're just sort of trying to avoid the pitfall so i have sort of mixed feelings about every qualifier it's the, it's the whole play to win versus play not to lose sort of thing where i think a lot of the top teams fall into that trap where they're just like oh you know it's like we're supposed to win but uh, they're just playing not to lose, and that's the kind of uh, little detail that comes back to bite them. Rich, what did you think about this uh, qualifier? Yeah, I mean, um, you know, I, I, I think I, I really don't like the format. I'm not going to harp on too much about that. I wish we could get away from best of ones entirely in Counter-Strikes. I, I feel like, especially in the current meta, you, you know what I mean? Because, like, games are all mega close anyway, so it's like the margins are so fine. What does it really say if you beat somebody 16-14 on a neutral map, what does it really say about your team, you know? You could probably run that back another 10 times and have different outcomes. So I don't really I don't really like that overall. But in terms of the teams that have been going through uh, in the first wave of the RMR, I think, look, there's been some uh, heroic topping it out is obviously like a, a mega cool story for heroic it's been a very good period of time for them in general they are also now official blast partners i believe i think they just bought yep. uh mibr's slot as well so you're gonna see more heroic at blast moving forward um they seem to put a lot of the negative news cycle behind them all fine and dandy i think like the other cool story probably is his big getting through um, I think Vitality had to get through because if they didn't, everyone's scratching their head and wondering what that's about. FaZe continue their upward trajectory. And I suppose Eternal Fire making it. Nice little cool underdog story at the end. I know everybody's favorite underdog was Saw, the Portuguese team. Obviously, they narrowly missed sure. out against Outsiders VP in a heartbreaking match. But, uh, you know, like, Saw didn't do it, but Eternal Fire did. There is going to be that underdog representation. And one final point. I may as well, it's like we're doing a whole show about the the, the, the major. Uh, yeah. OG, I got to say. I've there got go. to say that them finishing as low down as they did, they were like 9th to 11th. Them not going to another major. Two now, back-to-back -back majors they've missed out on. Uh, I think that's going to give them pause for thought. They've, you know, they might not have spent the most money, but they've spent significant money, I think, for a, essentially a startup uh, CSGO team. 
they got good players on there who I don't think are going to tolerate missing out on majors for much longer. Remember as well, by the way, bringing in Nexa as the IGL, that was meant to change everything. You know, they've got, they said to me when I interviewed uh, the CEO of OG, we're going to stick with this lineup. We're going to definitely make it work. Um, well, it isn't working, and you've missed out now on the two biggest tournaments twice in, in circumstances, realistically, where you probably should be qualifying. You know, if an eternal fire can do it, an OG has to be able to do it. So, yeah, I think um, there was a couple of big names that fell by the wayside. OG, the most notable for me. Oh, I'll just say as well, one other thing, even though they're definitely not an underdog team, I actually think it's also a big deal that outsiders, the former Virtus Pro team, made this major because if people don't realise how they perform at this major might be their entire future in Counter-Strike as to whether anyone yes. picks them up, whether they break the team apart, whether they buy them wholesale. So this major is like <laughs> absolute paramount for these guys. Yeah, and, and I, I, as I've said before, I fully expect the team to break apart. There is a chance, as you say, I think if they have a good run at the major maybe the bulk of the team gets picked up in in, in you know by another entity but as things stand i think Virtus pro going to look to offload and um and it's a shame uh because the, the these were the perennial dark horses at every tournament you had to you have to work so hard to beat Virtus pro they don't go away and unfortunately because of you know, geopolitical circumstances. We're now seeing a team kind of get broke apart. Uh, it, it includes people who are from nationalities that have nothing to do with the conflict, ostensibly. So, yeah, it's a shame. Uh, Virtus Pro, another team that's kind of been taken from us a bit too soon. It really feels like uh, they're going to be missing other uh, moment. I mean, we had this conversation last time on the show regarding uh, Navi, and you know, did yeah. they get robbed of their era? Um, Almost, almost, right almost unquestionably. Back. I don't, I don't, I don't think you can really argue uh, to the contrary now, because I mean, you think about pre-conflict, how good that Navi team was. You think about the incredible way. That, it's not just that they won the major; it's the way they won the major. Yes. You don't drop a map. It's never been done, you know, like simple uh, with his MVP level performances, like one of the greatest ever. You know, like it's bit. By the way, who like is a rookie just comes out of nowhere and is, you know, a top player in a major too, despite it being his first. What a year he had! What a what a rookie year. Um, so it, it it's impossible to not you know, it's impossible to believe they weren't going to go on and dominate all of twenty twenty two as well. Yeah, the uh, other thing for me as well is even if they came back, even if they won the major now, like the, they had like a that fucking Mike Tyson aura about them where mm. they just felt unbeatable and you knew you had to have like the game of your life to win. Nobody thinks that now. In fact, as much as I'm sure a lot of the other teams, they don't like the circumstance in which they're vulnerable, everyone is absolutely apparently aware that they are in a vulnerable position right now. And unfortunately, in a ruthless game like CS, that means people are going to score wins on you. People are going to think they can win. They can. So I, I don't think... Unfortunately, you can like you can't. That's why I give the Tyson analogy. You can't restore that like image in people's mind of like the unbeatable champion. You know, once it's cracked, it's cracked. Unfortunately, mm -hmm. <clears throat> uh, that is that is definitely going to be the the issue in competition. You just go for the throat. You don't really cut any uh, slack for your opponent. Oh, no, simple though. To be fair, it's always good to have simple. That'll still win you a lot of fucking games. He, I mean, that to be fair, you're right. It's good to point that out because he just continues to put up record-breaking numbers. Uh, he is he is a freak beast, without a doubt. Um, 
But right, people look, don't even acknowledge it that much, dude. Like, I don't see people much fanfare about the fact he is still the world number one player, even with all this shit. Like, to me, this is like, I know it's a weird example, but I, I actually think this is comparable to if people know what happened to Doublelift in 2018, where he had a horrific personal tragedy, but he just kept soldiering on and won the fucking finals and everything. Like, right. like to, if you, I always say this, I'll, I don't blame you if you get affected by outside circumstances. If you still play Mega in spite of it, you are just fucking epic, aren't you? Like, bad props. How do would you go about highlighting that sort of thing though? Is it just like on the analyst desk every match you need to be bringing it up? Like you need to be putting it into perspective, into context for people that this is what's going just on. Bored on the story. Like, I, I get the vibe similar that people are just bored of the story. Like breaking news, yeah. simple number one player still and again. Like yeah. they don't want that. They want the story to be. If you notice, like maybe Stown is now. Or like wow, what about Robson? They want it to. Be, it's always the new shit, isn't it? So I just feel like maybe it's that. Maybe they just like what do you call it? like fatigue from the start narrative fatigue or whatever the fuck you call it, you know? Because to me, it's wild because this year, if people don't know, all of Simple's competitors have dropped off a fucking cliff. Like, Zewoo, mm. Nico, they can all fuck off. Oh. Device isn't even in the game. It's just Simple. He's carrying the fuck out of everything. But somehow that that in itself just sort of is a bit ignored. Like, it's because his team isn't that good anymore, unfortunately. It's the way yeah. it is, isn't it? Yeah, and, and, and look, I mean, that doesn't surprise me either. The, the problem you always have with, with CS goes particularly bad for it. When one team is winning everything all of the time, it feels like you only get three months into an era and people start complaining. Like, oh, what's the point? My team's not going to win. Why yeah. do they win all the time? Remember, there were people back at the start of CSGO making a coherent argument that the best thing... Well, I say coherent. Coherent to them. Um, trying to make coherent tweets. arguments. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, that <laughs> if, you, um, if you wanted the sport to flourish... The best thing that could happen would be for the abolition of NIP, essentially. Like that, that because they were the ones it. taking it seriously and they were the ones playing, paying their players a salary yes. and they were the ones that were excelling and working hard and winning all the tournaments because they were winning, you know, week in, week out at all of the early CSGO events. Actually, people didn't want to watch unless you were an NIP fan. And so as a result, people were like trying to say, yeah, yeah the true. best thing you could do is if we get rid of NIP. I even also, have team owners come up to me at that time you know, saying, why would I support CSGO team while NIP exists? Well, also, guys, all I'm going to say is this. Some food for thought. This just shows how your perspective changes when you learn a little piece of information later, a bit like a Christopher Nolan movie. So here's what, at the time, everyone said NIP was cheating because they were just paying their players more. But were they, though? Weren't they in many ways the fairest team? <laughs> <laughs> a little scroll down the, good old days, the good old days of nothing in PayPal. Nothing in the PayPal. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let you guys, if you're interested in those stories, you can go and dig them up. All right. Yep. Let's start talking a little bit about uh, about the Blast. And to set things in context, of course, if you're new to uh, Blast and their format, they have a little bit of a different take on things where they have a group phase, which has already concluded, uh, that happened at the beginning of the year back in January, where 12, 12 teams were fighting it out. And um, you're not necessarily knocked out. You're giving another chance if you do not make the cut to make it to the finals. There's still two spots available to join the finals, and so they throw another tournament where you have qualifiers that go into it as well as teams that didn't make the group phase. They get to fight again. So you have, essentially for partner teams, you have another chance to make sure that your team actually gets into the finals, which uh, probably goes a long way towards uh, getting those team support for Blast. So as it stands right now, we're going to be focusing on the European showdown. Um, 
going into it, we could touch on American Showdown as well, but I have a European Showdown pulled up right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess the teams of note, the big ones, are uh, Nip, Astralis, and Heroic. Heroic actually just got invited uh, to it as well. Yep. So um, Heroic, a lot of, a lot breaking their way right now. I mean, come on, it makes sense. Don't you think? I mean, there is there is the Astralis focus. Uh, obviously, Astralis, Denmark, Blast, Danish tournament, the whole thing. Obviously, you know, Thorin uh, has quite a bit to say about Astralis and uh, playing in front of live crowds. And, uh, sort of like so- a reverse Habib scenario. The crowd fucks you up. There's <laughs> <laughs> a freebie for you. Ain't that the truth? But I mean, this is this is savvy play here from Blast, making sure that they get the other big Danish team on board uh, in their event. And uh, not only that, they still have Copenhagen Flames as well. So I mean, it's shaping up to be quite the quite the Danish uh, uh, experience here. This uh, this uh, showdown uh, going into the main one. So I mean, I suppose we could just uh, go on and. Um, well, actually, I'm very curious because movie star writers are here as well, and we just saw them have a performance similar to Copenhagen Flames not too long ago, where they just took the world by storm and everything aligned. I mean. Already, we get a chance to see, is this going to be a trend for movie star writers? Can we expect to see them continue to perform well and beat top or top teams? Or are they going to uh, fizzle out? I mean, do you guys expect more of the same from them? And I mean, Rich, we can start with you real quick. Yeah. Uh, well, look, so I, I mean, listen, the ESL Pro League run was uh, by by topping that group. Uh, they certainly excelled expectations. But let's not get carried away. You know, when they ran up against, you know, some of those teams... There's mitigating circumstances. Like, I think going up against Godsent, for example, and Movistar Riders can probably win that maybe six, seven times out of ten. Anyway, right? Part Party astronauts, of course they should win. Uh, you know, where it gets interesting is obviously what they did against like, Liquid, against Big, you know, teams like that. And when they went up against Ents, they, they did lose. Now, I think they're a much improved team. I think they're one of the most improved teams in European Counter-Strike. I don't think that's an exaggeration, you know, from where they were. But the caliber of team they're going to face here, there's not going to be any really easy warm-up games for them. I think they also got the nightmare bracket. You know, they got the nightmare half of the bracket because they're going to go up against Astralis, first of all. Well, listen, I think Astralis got problems. I've felt good about what I've said about this lineup the entire time. It's all come to pass. I said they would struggle to cling to be in the 10th team in the world. So, so far, that's happening. Um, you know, I could see maybe Movistar taking a map here, but I, I, they shouldn't beat Stralis. It's a real disaster for Stralis to lose straight out the gate to to the, the Spanish team. But even if Movistar were to win, chances are you're going up against NIP because they've got to play the uh, Bad News Eagles, and they can't beat NIP, realistically. You don't, so, think the hype is there? you don't think the hype is there for the Bad News Eagles? No, 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 God, no. <laughs> um, don't get me wrong. It's good. It's good to see. Um, you know, there's players I've seen. They've been around a, a while, like you know, Rigon and yeah, yeah. Uh, Juan Flat Flat True. Whatever you say his name. These guys have been grinding for a long, long time. It's cool to see them. Uh, you know, have an opportunity to play in a tournament of this caliber. But again, you know, you got to know what you're up against. And and that jump up. If you're in that like fifty, I would even say like fifty to twenty. It can be a massive mix-up. Once you get into the top 20 teams in the world, the 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 step-up in quality is too much for a team of Bad News Eagles experience and ability. So, I mean, look, I, I can't see the Movistar Riders doing, doing anything here. Uh, if they could have got a little bit luckier with what side of the bracket they were on, because I could see them upsetting Copenhagen Flames, for example, if they got to play them. Um, but, yeah, unfortunately, I think the bracket, this side of the bracket is going to be too tough. 
As far as um, Thorne, what are you thinking about uh, the uh, Spaniards going into this event? Do they have a chance, or is it? Because uh, I mean, Astralis have shown they've shown vulnerability. Uh, yeah, but the problem that for me is that you have to win the whole thing to actually get the blast spot. And there, if, by the way, if people don't know, even though it's good news that heroic is now getting a spot, so that was actually the black mark on the face of blast for the last two years is that when Gambit and Roic became some of the best teams in the world, they weren't partner teams. So they were always just coming through this bloody showdown thing, which also meant, by the way, just like in this one, if you're the other teams that like, you should actually have an outside chance to get in. Remember, like if you think how many teams get through, like you said, in the group stage on paper, Heroic's way too good to be a team in this part of the tournament. Like they're a team who they're, they're projected to be a top five team and they're in this bloody like cast off qualifiers. So the problem really is like for everyone in this whole scenario, Heroic is the final boss. So the real question, question is can he beat heroic and so unfortunately i don't think movistar riders would beat heroic they'd have to play them in the final anyway but i don't think they would win unfortunately like remember heroic has a fantastic map pool at this point in time as much as they might have lost a little bit of the overall team performance like stown is even better than he ever was like he actually low key probably is top three player in the world if you look at the people who've dropped off so i think the issue for me is i think movistar riders is right in the middle of these eight teams like i could see it's like richard says their problem as well as the side of the bracket they're on they're not going to get to play anyone they can beat even if they beat Astralis, they play Nips, they lose. So if you look at the other ones, Ents would probably be a toss-up game. Uh, Copenhagen Flames, as you say, I'd, I'd probably have them favoured to win. I'd have them beating Bad News Eagles in NKT. So they're not a bad team. They're just going to have to come last place because unfortunately they play one of the better teams. Like I'm, I'm with Richard. I think Astralis have a lot of problems, but they will still be able to grind this win out. It'll probably be like three maps, but they'll win it. They'll still win. They'll still win. Experience will prove through. Well, you know, uh, a podcast that's oh, also to be fair I did forget to mention though this is online though you have to add in it is online that is yes, a very good I just point checked it up. I forgot that, that is a very good point to bring up in fact uh, uh, matches online the thing they'll is they'll definitely win they'll probably stump the whole fucking bracket well they always do the studio that's the thing they always do the studio so the studio is always on land and yeah. so I'll, oh, I don't the remote know. studio right I see it right? yeah yeah sure studio on land but yes. I never quite know if it's going to be online for yeah. the actual games um and that actually does make heroic even scarier, doesn't it? Mm. So that's worth considering. Um, what else is worth considering is uh, hitting that subscriber button, gentlemen, uh, because you know one of the commentators at this uh, tournament, Launders, he's got a he's got a YouTube channel of his own. Uh, he's been doing some content. It's passable. It's good. Uh, but uh, he's been doing some content. Uh, I think that uh, we should, however, get more subs because we do content too. And uh, if you're a fan of Counter Strike, if you're a fan of Bants, uh, you should be sure to hit that subscribe button, hit the like button as well, and leave us a comment. Have you agreed with what you've heard so far, or uh, do you think that we're all full of it? Let us know. I want to read it. And uh, maybe we'll pick a commenter next time around and we can uh, talk some shit. But uh, uh, no, I want to add some of that similar as well about okay. that Launders fella. Because he, he really can't hang with the banters. Me and Duncan remember. There was that time he came on the No Majors Club. He was sat oh, there. He? He was ban yeah, he was bantering with me and Thorin. And then He's he faked Canadian. His... He doesn't know what banter is. It's true. And then he faked his fire alarm going off. And never oh, oh, he did. That's remember right. That? Yeah. Remember just, that one? just when we were making fun of him, because it was like, he had turned into like a road station. You know, people were just firing shots. And then no joke, all of a sudden you turn like, beep, 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 beep. he's like, oh, that's, oh, I have to go. My fire alarm. Like, I have to go back to my planet now. Never like, been back on the oh, No Majors Club. It was ridiculous. Yeah. Turns out he's actually going to work a major, probably, oh, exactly. before he comes on the No Majors club again so yeah beat him we have to beat lorders yes. fuck lorders let's get more subs than lorders yes i love it there's a little bit of trivia i had no idea about 
Ah, uh, well, you know, good. Best of luck. Best of luck to Launders. I also right? feel like, by the way, Launders, you know, he's the only one who, like, religiously did these, like, demo reviews where you take the yeah. most popular recent demo, you review it. It seems, by the way, like the most obvious slam dunk content, like, commentators could make, but amazingly, no one's ever done it except this guy. Like, it was always analysts who did it. Because when I watched them, right, one of the problems Launders has is because he's doing it on his off time. He's not, like, putting his mind into it like he would if he was analyzing the game. He's more doing it like he's watching a bit of it. He's talking a bit about this. He's thinking about this. He comments every now and then. But when I watch it, right, what I always think is like, how did Anders miss this trick, mate? From day one, for real, Anders should have just watched like the best get right POV back in the day and just done his style over the top. People would fucking go mental for that, you, mate. You, you know what it you should fit. do? You should do what? You should upload one, right? one. Yeah, and then just have you going, and he shot in there. <laughs> just, loads, like, just loads of really like matter of fact commentary, like really bad analysis. Yeah. Well, he couldn't shoot back. He was blind. Well, I should do, yeah, for real. No, like, yeah, as, you got it right. I'd have to pretend that it's real. Like, it's yeah, a yeah, totally. style. So I'd have to be yeah. like, and, and, I, and I'd throw in like John Maddenisms, like, you know, yeah. oh, he's down 1v2. He's going to have to kill at least two to win this. Like, you know, so yeah. just shot like that. Just yeah, yeah. And, and, and you, also, you also have to keep bringing up your matchmaking games as <laughs> well. Go. Like, obviously, Golden Over 4, it's a bit more complicated. Exactly. But, you know, you it's more about positioning the mechanics. You of have level. to know more about positioning at Gold yeah. Nova Four because exactly. your teammates don't back you up. There's always some like fucking enhanced theory as to yeah. why they shit. I know. <laughs> so this is all just adding uh, to his uh, deep analysis, you know, that he brings to the commentary side of things, guys. You know, he's, he's exactly. videos, That's but he's also thinking about how he's going to handle the cast. Now we love, we love, we love Coach Londres. He's a, he's a great guy. Of course, of course. Ah, uh, well, all right. Getting back into the topic, though. So we have covered a little bit of Movie Star Riders in terms of the Spaniards. Uh, we could work our way up and uh, go to another team. Very similar storyline that happened earlier, which was Copenhagen Flames. Another chance for this team to prove what they're capable of. And the roster, I mean, they've really done it, boys. You know, it's like sticking together, really trying to make this work. Um there were stories about them getting picked up by other teams in the past and that the players were really trying to, were really intent on sticking together. And here we are, they are still on Copenhagen Flames. It's still the team and they're still doing work. So what do we expect from this, uh, from these Danish um, players? Are they going to be able to get the job done here and have an upset run? Or is it, uh, is it going to be back into the uh, doldrums for them? Well, yeah, yeah, I mean, Duncan, Duncan knows my thoughts about the Copenhagen Flames. Uh, and, and that is that simply that they they had their window, you know? They had their window. They needed to parlay their comparative success. And let's be clear, like, almost getting to the second stage of a major, uh, you know, it's like, what are we really talking about in the grand scheme of things? It's like, you're not going to, you know, in five years, no one's going to look back and go, oh, you remember that Copenhagen Flames team? They really could have done something. This is yeah. like those shit ones they do in the FA Cup, Richard. You know where. Yeah. You only made like two rounds extra. You were like, yeah. yeah, you're in the bottom division, but you only played like, you know, someone from the second division in the second round. Like at the time, because you won that two matches, you think it's everything. Like, this will be remembered for you. It won't. No one will remember it even in five years, mate. It'll be forgotten. It's nothing. Yeah. It, 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 and, and like, listen, you know, they've, they've still got some talent on the roster, but if you go and look at, you know, how they've been doing uh, re recently, like, you know, they, they've been playing in these, um, uh, like, oh, it's all the qualifiers that are going on in the backdrop right now and these pinnacle cups and stuff they've been going on. So like the last, the last month, um, they, they did win their ESL uh, uh, relegation battle. They did win that, so that's fair. That's a big deal. But they uh, they got beat by like EC Kiev, 
in in a in the IEM Dallas uh, qualifier, they which I think was just for seeding. They had a pretty tough time against Apex. I remember recently as well. They lost to Scar Day in a Pinnacle Cup final. Like they're pretty much what their rank says they are, which is they're just in that top twenty of CS:GO teams. I actually think with the roster they've got, they should be a bit better than this. Frankly, I really like Nikodos. I think Roy, you know, he's still doing what he does, and I think Xiphon is like slept on a little bit in this team. But the the the, the reality, unfortunately, is that. They're not as good as they were going into the major. They're not as good as they were when they kind of petered out a little bit at the major. They missed out on the move to complexity. We we saw Smuya do a stream where he was saying basically what we sort of knew, that they priced themselves out the market. Although I was surprised if his numbers are accurate, it was as low as 10K, you know, because that's probably about what a decent European team should be on. But... Yeah, just I just feel this is a team that's in decline and it's destined to break apart. And it's you know, and maybe you'll see one of the, one or two of these players on a decent team. Like it's not beyond the realms of possibility, by the way, that one of these players replaces Zipniks on Astralis. You know, it's it's entirely possible. And if Astralis do come calling, no one on the Copenhagen Flames roster is going to resist that call. So you know. You don't think so. You know, not, now. Not, now. not now. I mean, not. I heard I heard Roy and Nikodos were were linked with uh, Team Liquid before they uh, made uh, made the moves they did. I have no idea if that's true or not, but it's certainly what was being talked about behind the scenes. And oh. they, and they said we want to stay together on this roster. We think we can make it work. Well, you're not making it work. You you're slowly slithering down the rankings. It's like snakes and ladders, you know. Uh, and and you're very much on a snake at the moment. So I think like you, you know they they individually this way you have to ask yourself questions. Do I want to waste my career with friends or do I want to take the next big move that presents itself and try and salvage my career as an individual? And I think a couple of those players, if they get tested again, they're not going to say no. So that's what, that's how I feel about Copenhagen Flames. They're not going to do anything here. Uh, they'll certainly lose to Ents, who I thought were brilliant. Uh, the ESL uh, Pro League, revelatory, you might even go so far as to say. Um, and, and much like Movistar Riders before them, even if Copenhagen Flames were to upset Ents, they're not beating Heroic. So what are we even talking about, unfortunately? I, I just feel Copenhagen Flames, are a, they're an asterisk. They're, they're not a real team. Do yeah. we know off the top of my head, now that it makes me wonder, do we know if Ents are still playing in Finland or are they still here in Europe? Because for no, the Israelis, for example, uh, yeah, there's a know. bit of a ping hit where if you're playing online, they get like that 80, 90 ping and it can, really, uh, yeah, can yeah. put a dent in them. Um, so I, it's just something to Possible. keep an eye on, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. Sure, yeah. The, thing, the problem I have for Copenhagen Flames is, like, first of all, they're playing Ents in the first round, so I think that's the worst possible matchup they could almost get. Like, it's a team that's supposed to be at the same level, but it's just way better players. Like, the firepower of Ents just looks too much. One of the problems I've noticed with Copenhagen Flames is, this is why I do think that major run was a one-off. And as we said, even then, it's not like they went to the fucking top of the mountain or anything. They just almost did a good run. So the reason why that was a bit overhyped is, they've never looked that good again. 
even I'm talking yeah. raw eye test. Like they're a team where I actually think they do look like they probably should remain a top twenty team. Like you look when they play against the the sort of opposition around their peer area, they're a good team. They can win. They can beat them. They might be one of the better teams in that group. The problem is if you put them against anyone in the top ten, they're just a worse squad, top to bottom, from the players to the star player to the overall strength of the squad. Remember another downside they have is massively inexperienced. Like Roy's got a little bit of experience, and Hooksy has like a tiny little bit. The rest have none. Like. One of them was in the bloody Astralis talent team last year or whatever. Like, so just fucking no experience. So my problem is there's not that many upsides to them. Like they they just look like a bit of a. I mean, we say in English, you say the damp squib. When whenever they're in the fucking match against the big team, they're not the upset team anymore, unfortunately for me. So I feel like that the kind of it, it feels like the momentum of that run that they're on is just completely done. That's why I'm with Richard. I think not only. Especially if what Smoothie says is accurate. The last year they were making 2K a month. I can't imagine they're on much more. Like maximum, what, they got doubled maybe. Just first of all, money-wise, you'll even go to an Astralis if they come knocking. You instantly leave if just because they're bigger players. There's a better chance. And then also, the fact that you've semi-scoffed your last chance to all go collectively to an org. I don't. Th- you're not going to try that two or three times. These aren't guys who've been together like five years. These are just some people who had a canny run and they thought, hey, maybe we can keep it going. Fair play to them for trying. If that number that you said is accurate, actually, I feel like maybe they were a tiny bit hard done by. True, they probably also were... I mean, if you have to know the market, they can't only be one bidder. You can't play hardball with one bidder. But at the yeah. same time, like... How much are you? You're not just going to leave for 2K from the org that put everything up for you. So, like, I don't, I don't blame them for that. I think, unfortunately for them, they're just an example of a team that couldn't op- capitalize on the window. Like Richard says, they had that little period where not only did they have the major run, but people would have been interested to see them in the next few months, especially if they'd been in a big org. If they'd have gotten into a complexity, that would have put a totally different interest on their next few months of tournaments. And I'm sure they're going to say, I think they did say it in an interview that like not getting picked up affected them or something. Like, I can't know any of that shit. Unfortunately, you just have to play the games at the end of the day boys hey this is where it really leaves you wondering what's going on what's going to happen next with these guys uh, now that you mention it if astralis come knocking the zipniks angle is definitely something that could be interesting and um let's go ahead and bop, pop down to the bottom of the bracket actually other mm-hmm. side of the bracket here and take a look at astralis because uh, they are going to be the first round fight with the uh, movie star writers and uh, astralis in terms of uh shape right now uh what are we thinking now that they're going to bring to the table going into this considering it's only one team that will make it through you have to win this bracket to make yep. it to the next stage are astralis a team that are capable of it uh no short to the point yeah i mean put 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 it this way like uh if you look at the the world rankings and you look at that as the seeding essentially uh the three teams that are above astralis it's completely accurate in terms of who would beat them in a matchup right now i think astralis beat obviously all the teams beneath them um you know, even if Mobistar could take a map, even if Copenhagen Flames could take a map. Uh, I don't see Astralis beating NIP. I don't see Astralis beating Ants coming off the ESL Pro League run. I certainly don't see them beating Heroic right now. So, no, I, I, I don't think Astralis can win the whole thing. I, I, I think Astralis, people are going to have to start waking up to the fact of, like, where they are and, and, and to start tempering your expectations accordingly. Because if you go look at the, you know, the last, let's take the last two big events. Katowice, where they finished seven to eight. They lost to Furia, they lost to Jita, right? They only beat Ents and Fnatic there, right? They come into Pro League, they lost to Heroic and Na'Vi. They slinked through the groups uh, and then lost to Furia, fifth to eighth. 
right? We can now even say this new look Furia with Safe on the lineup is a better team than Astralis. That's two for two. So, like, what what does anyone think they're going to do when they come up against a Heroic again or an NIP again? Like, they've got real problems. And I don't care if Sipnix is, well, he did step it up a little bit. He's washed. He's done. He's toast. They made a huge overinvestment in him to keep him on the roster. Uh, the far, far leagues come in, definite upgrade for Lucky, but let's also talk about it. The tactics. I, I think now, like, obviously it's easy in retrospect to say this, but, I mean, like, their T-sides are ass now. Right, right now, currently, at this moment in time, their T-sides are not great. And, listen, Glaive's the go IGL, but at a time where Carrigan is out there, still being, you know, innovative, still getting value from his squads. Glaive seems to be throwing shit at a wall and seeing what sticks. You really have to start asking yourself some questions about how much of a tool Zonic was that Glaive could use within the context of their working relationship. And now that he doesn't have that, is he being found out to be a little bit deficient? Obviously, that's not what's going on because, you know, that's just a lazy narrative. But there's probably a little bit of truth to that. And so, for me, I I feel Astralis that they're they're a very blunt version of what's gone in the past. They're overly reliant on config. Blame F's the only one getting his numbers. Everyone on Reddit tells me they're all low impact kills. Apparently, Blame F has never got an important kill in his entire career. He is just bait F, and 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 that's what the. I love it when matchmaking logic really comes into like pro analysis as well. Like, no, it's baiting. It's, because if people don't know, they even used to do that with device. They were like, he just gets all his bloody kills on equals. Right? Player in the world, I know exactly. Yeah, like, you know. He's really yeah. He's just getting all bloody eco kills. Like, I know. It's but, all a freaking game with the guy in B getting sprayed out you know but the 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 bottom line is like they're just a very diminished lineup they they don't stand toe-to-toe with any of the other top 10 teams in my opinion and um that's predicated not so much on the new guys because i think blame f and config are really good pickups it's predicated on the old guard that's just the sad reality. So Astralis fans, um, they're insufferable, although as we've seen recently, not as insufferable as some other fans, eh, Fnatic? Um, but, uh, you you know, they're going to have to wake up to where they are right now. They're not the best team in Denmark. That's it. Uh, yeah, that's the truth. Yeah, I actually have to say, as mad as it sounds, I almost think that people don't realise how bad Astralis has actually yep. been the last few months. Because here's the thing, they sometimes still get the odd win over a team that's around their level or slightly above, right? What people haven't clocked in on yet is that's an upset win. You don't know this, but Astralis is now an upset team. They're not yep. a top team anymore, boys. That's why, and the reason I can tell you that is because you're just looking for when they win. Try looking at a bracket and imagining they're still a top team and go... Where should they go in the bracket? So you should make it to this point, like semi, you should beat this. They'll never do that, by the way. They will never make one of those bracket runs for you. They will never beat all the teams you think they will. They'll lose games you don't expect they will. They'll win a few games you don't expect they won't. The problem I have is, like, the team itself just actually looks whack. To pick up on what Richard's saying, it's not even the newer guys. Like, people are going to look at, like, oh, is it Farley? Is Farley not, like, properly integrated? Oh, it's, it's Config. Is he ever going to get back his old... That, you're all in the weeds there, boys. Those are actually players that look like you could do something with them. It is Glaive and Zipnik, so we're doing nothing at the moment. Glaive, like we say, look, 
you you earn that title of the goat, etc. But you got to keep showing it. Like there's a great quote that people often quote in the sports context. I think it's one of the best of all time. I think it's like Aristotle or something where it says like something like like greatness is a habit. It's what you do every day, essentially. As in, look, he did it for a few years, but like here's my problem. There's no space in Counter-Strike for tourists. So if Glaive, for whatever reason, is somehow, I don't know if he's checked out, I don't know if this is just not the lineup that's inspiring him or whatever, I'd almost prefer to know that he was, like, phoning this in right now, similar. Because if, if this is his best work, if he's really been trying hard from after the major, I'm actually a bit disturbed about what the future of his teams are going to be. Because at this point in time, think about when you hear fans talking about who they would need in this team. Fans themselves even realised even putting device back in the team wouldn't make you number one. Like, holy shit, you're in trouble. If putting the great, most decorated player ever to play the game into your active roster can't make you number one, you are so far from number one, it's actually a joke, mate. So I look at their team, I agree. I haven't seen any of the brilliance of the things I saw from Glaive. And so you have to start asking about that coach component. Because I'll tell you one thing I always thought was incredibly overrated about Glaive was... Listen, if you want to list off qualities he has, like tactician, like brilliant at reading the game, amazing mind for innovation and creative. Tell you what, I would not put social skills top of that fucking list. And everyone acted, right, as though, like, he got the credit for things that Zonic did, as far as I can tell. Like, as far as I can tell, Zonic was the papa bear of that fucking team, and he kept people in line. And he made sure people who, by the way, the megasks of the world, the people not remember what they're like outside of Astralis, a config, etc. These are people who are wilding when they get a chance, mate. Like, the idea he kept Magus under wraps for, like three years. That guy did a fucking amazing job. In that team, you never heard about any drama. You never heard about, oh, this guy might leave now. That never, ever happened. So unfortunately, I get the vibe a lot of that came from Zonic. So it's not that like, oh, you suck without that. But the problem is that that masks a lot of problems. They just don't exist because that guy's taking care of it. He's neutralizing that aspect. And he's making up for your deficiency in that regard. One of the reasons why I find it really rich to watch Glaive right now is because people have just told me for the last five years that MSL's a bomb and he should take literally any players, including that dog shit North lineup he had at the end. Go look at that lineup and compare it to this. He's supposed to take that lineup, by the way, top 10. Glaive's allowed to not even be in the top 10 with like top some of the best players dead Marks ever produced. So I have to say, like, I'm a bit underwhelmed. I actually still think eventually, somehow, they're going to get some version of the roster to be a bit better. He'll show some of his qualities again. And on the Zipnix one, I actually think for real, this is one of the few times I've ever seen someone do a move where they've done the sports move to themselves. This is a classic NFL move where you sign an enormous deal with a guy who it's questionable you should even be signing. And the idea they'll ever make it like three, four years and get all that money. It's like, you're just going to lose the money. Right? You're just going to lose that money. Yeah, the problem, the problem is, mate, this, the, because this isn't the NFL, all the bloody money's guaranteed in CSGO effectively, isn't it? Like, that's the worst part. Because I think, no joke, if Astralis really cared about being number one, they have to actually swallow that Zipnik's contract and just remove him and pay him. I'm not joking. That is, in my opinion, that is the only way you do it. Because when I watch him play now, it's not Zipnik's dudes. It's just another guy. It's it's just someone with his name playing below average Counter-Strike. Like, there's not many sort of redeeming qualities when you watch yeah. it. There's nothing canny about it, unfortunately. So I have to say, I think he's carried, he's holding the team back. He's not the only problem they have, but I would say he is the biggest one if I had to sort of pick one out that you could attempt to fix tomorrow. But the main issue is, like I say, that's if you want to be number one. I get the vibe. A, you've got the sunken cost files and we paid for this guy already. And B, he's one of the legendary names. Like, we need that name. You know, we have to have... We have to, like we haven't got device anymore. We've got to pre got to market the old guys, right?
Okay, is this a uh, uh, is this a bit of like a cloud nine situation from the past where it was about winning, but it was also about brand. It was also about selling. It was also about marketing. It was about that sort of thing. Where it's like we have these guys who are streaming, Shroud, etc. Um, in Astralis's case, I mean, they are a massive brand brand in Denmark. They create a lot of content in Dan in Danish. They're pushing a lot of that on YouTube, on social. There, I mean, do you think that that's? It sounds like that's kind of a point that you're making as well here, where they could be holding on to Zip and Glaive because of that brand value that they still bring to the table for uh, Astralis. Because it is might, worth keeping. There might be a little Astralis bit of that the company. There might there might be a little bit of that, but I honestly think because you have to remember these guys are like it's Astralis. They're fucking clueless. They are clueless. They're like, I know it's going to blow everybody's mind, right? They simply acquired the best team of all time at, at a moment in history when they still had some juice left in the tank. Yeah. Th that was it. That, that was their greatest fucking acquisition. That was the best thing they did. And they've been, you know, and they had the best coach as well. So they've been able to, like, ride that out and parlay that into success. Where the management at Astralis has been tested is what what happens when that starts breaking down? What happens when top players want to leave and do other things? What yes. happens when, you know, how do you replace them? And and they had an academy side. No yeah. one on their academy team's good enough to step up. They went out and got lucky from Tricked. What an absolute bust. Talk about ruining a young player's career as well, by the way. Like, absolute setup to fail because not only is he coming into a, the biggest team in Denmark, he was replacing one of the best players of all time to do so with absolutely no experience. And that failure isn't predicated on lucky. It's predicated on the fact that the management were so jacked up on their own hubris. They think if I pick you, you must be good because yes. I can't be wrong. That's the Casper shit mentality because he comes from fucking handball and he thinks, he, you know, and he's like, yeah, he's, he's got stellar achievements in that sport. This is a whole different ballpark. You know, you have to understand there's this like weird type of person that comes into esports, you know, Mark Cuban's another example, where they just think their opinions are solid gold because they've been successful in a completely different world. And everyone fawns over them and it like, you know, and it's like, no, Casper shit doesn't know what he's doing. He he doesn't know what he's doing. Nicola Nyholm continually comes out to carry water for him to try and make out like he's a genius because Nicola Nyholm hired him. So if it turns out Casper shit's a moron, what does that make the guy who hired the moron? So obviously he's got to double down. But then he says mad stuff like, well, when we had our job interview, Casper shit was telling me about all these incredible things like how he would set up the seating on a bus to, to maximize performance. What bus? Where's the bus on an esports team? What are you talking about? What color was that bus and how long was it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Fucking right, mate. So you, you know what I mean? So the, the reality is that they they simply do, they didn't have a plan for what happens when it starts to break apart. They couldn't replace the vice, didn't, still haven't. Because, like, uh, listen, Farleg, by the way, was available at the same time as Lucky. So if he's your oh, man now, why wasn't yeah. he your man then? Right, there's a question. Right, Zipnix was the most obviously washed person uh, to to sign, and he had to be. He needed to go out into the wilderness and learn yes. about value. That's what yeah. he had to do because all that happened there was he was going out to other esports org, and they were like, "Yeah, we'd love to get a player of your reputation." And he's like, "I want 50, 60, 70 k a month," and everyone's like, "Well, there's just no way." And yet somehow Astralis have deemed it like worthwhile to pay approximately close to that to keep him and he's been trash glaive's just had his kid 
He's clearly on the downslope of his career. You let Zonic go, uh, which is, by the way, that's as much of a cardinal sin as anything well, else they've done. So, so, and, and, and replace, right. And you were going to replace him with Hunden. Let's never yeah, forget that's true. that. They wanted that. Yeah, they wanted that. Let's yeah. never forget You know, that. dude, if you just look at the moves they tried to make but didn't, it shows you Astralis are fucking incompetent. Like, think about yeah. what they would have done. They would have kept Kirby. They never would have signed Magus and had their era. Yeah. They would have got Config. They never would have had Magus. Like, other people have to actually fuck up to make Astralis succeed. It's yes. mental. Like, that's yes. not even their eye that's doing it, yeah. if you think about it. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. They, 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 they do not have a plan. It's just serendipity when it's on the few occasions it succeeds. But unfortunately, you only get so lucky so much much you can only get yes uh, i guess we'll have to get our second choice magisk you only get that like exactly, once or yes. twice in your life yeah. right and now you're starting to see what happens when the nigh home shit factor actually runs a team they run it into the ground astralis aren't winning any trophies in 2022 unless something radically changes by the way guys so this is what I think is pure expectations. Though, is the reason it has to be incompetence. It can't even be pure cynicism, Semler. Because here's the thing: if you know how much like it costs to get Zipniks, it ain't worth it for the market. And he was never even device anyway, mate. He was sort of like the mascot type character, like a, a, a side character that fans sort of liked and digged because he had a unique charm, right? He, he's not simple. He's not worth fucking the solid gold he's getting paid now. And this is after his career. Like, it, it, he's not going to have his renaissance, is he? So the weird thing about this move as well is it's actually a terrible sports move. This is like like giving the guy who used to be a really good role player during the championships a max contract for a superstar, but at the end when he's washed. Like, that doesn't make sense except to market the guy, and even then I don't think it's worth it. So the reason it kills me is because I always say in Astralis, one thing I think sucks about them as an org is they don't pay fucking money. They don't go out in the transfer market and buy a player for 600k G2 style and gamble that you go back to the top of the world. They they just go, do you want to come? And then if someone like Valde can't get the deal done with his org, they're like, oh, well, whatever, we can't afford it. But that's supposed to be a giant esports org. So my problem is this. Think about how much they are spending on Zipniks, right? You could get a player that could do exactly his job now for one-fourth of what he makes, yeah. and that money you would save in the one year that he doesn't play would be your transfer fee. That's the buyout for a good player. That's a Valde. That's someone uh, that's maybe a heroic player to your team. Because there's another thing I can't handle about how fucking shit... It's the other way, Richard. It's not just that they didn't deserve all the success and build the legacy. It's worse. They can't even re-up. They're so fucking stupid. So, like, for example, where are all the heroic players? Where are yeah. all the players like Valde? Where are all the players in Kilping Flames? Like, these players, they... It is the freest shit of all time when you are the just-fell-off top great team that still has a couple of big names to pick up those guys. As long as you know the business yep. economics, they come willingly, like we're saying about those players. They will go in an instant to this fucking Astralis team from Copenhagen Flames, even if Copenhagen Flames is better. that If you can't make that edge work for you, you you're trying to play the game on easy and you can't even complete it. This is mental, guys. It actually occurred to me to go ahead and check the Astralis share price again because I hadn't checked it in a while. Yeah, you've got all that because you've got that stock. You're like, oh, shit. I should have sold. <laughs> no, um, back to Pop Flash. Um, I actually think you guys are wrong. Astralis is here. I knew I should have taken Fiat. Buy the dip. <laughs> that bloody Astralis stock. See, Sambly, you, you're basically when it comes to esports stock, you, you are going to turn into D Man. Oh, that was his fate after all. Exactly. Yeah. You, you mocked him too hard. The gods had to punish you with the same fate. Exactly. <laughs> Fully D Manned out. Ah, uh, this is it. We'll probably be coming back doing tweets.
It's when you follow a bloody game for 10 years and they yeah. tell you you don't even know. Oh, well, time to move when on. When you played the stock market for 10 years <laughs> and they tell you you've lost everything. Oh, well. Oh, well, time to move on. Again. Uh, well, speaking of teams that have uh, really been on the struggle bus, uh, well, struggle bus roster-wise, I suppose, because we've just spent um, quite a bit of time talking about Astralis, and there is the one player that keeps, men you know, that has to be mentioned, is Device, and that is kind of the storyline going on with NIP in terms of uh, is Device coming back, when's Device coming back, what's happening next, uh, what is this team going to do, and uh, is it a question of mismanagement, is like what is leading to this team's struggles so i'd like to get your thoughts uh, real quick on um nip considering they are going to be another one of the teams to keep an eye on obviously in this showdown and who could actually do some damage they have a pretty decent bracket uh considering their first opponent's going to be bad news eagles and then they're going up against either astralis or movie star riders so what, what can we expect from nip richard uh going into this tournament I'll tell you what we'll do, Semler. Uh, okay. Because, because Pop Flash has just become essentially a, a greatest hits uh, where we just talk about what we want to talk okay. about. And, and Dessert will have to try and cut around it. It's, <laughs> it, it, it's basically a, a tribute album to ourselves by okay. ourselves. Right? Um, where's the vice? Where's he at? What's going on? He's on the... He's, they, they put him down as a sub for the major... Right, it's They've begun the RMR. We if people don't know he's not in the lineup at the moment. Yeah, he's not no. even playing in the RMR. So I, I want to make it clear: his last game was like was on the twelfth of December. Yeah, yeah. Now again, because you have to add about fifty caveats to even have a conversation about sports these days. So yes, I understand he has gone through a difficult time in his life, and yes, I'm completely sympathetic to the plights of pros, and yes, I would never denigrate someone's mental health, and I wish everybody to be happy and and, and healthy uh, in, in both, both physically, mentally, and indeed spiritually. There you go. It's all said. Now, that being said, right, we're still talking about NIP being underwhelming and not being able to achieve their full potential which by the way Hitchum Shaheen himself thinks because if you remember he said when device gets back that's when our lineup will be fire 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 emoji so in other words the lineup we've got now is dog shit dog shit dog shit emoji right so, so it, what is this the messaging yeah, well, I mean, no one in esports can do messaging because everyone's a mumbling, bumbling, incompetent fool. But the but the re the reality is, like, you are now entering some of the biggest tournaments on the calendar, not least of all the major, and we are still none the wiser as to what's happening. Put it this way: if if device doesn't come back for the major, why does he ever come back? Yeah, uh, yeah. He, yeah. he doesn't. He doesn't. Oh, doesn't like he, he doesn't come back. And so then we have to start asking ourselves, well, if he is coming back for the major, I don't care how much FPL he's grinding. I see that thread made every day on Reddit. I don't care how much FPL he's It's not the fucking same. He needs to be in a tournament like this to get his touches, to get his table time. The fact that he's not here, it suggests one of two things. Either he isn't coming back, and in which case, what was that move all about? We'll be scratching our heads from now until the end of time trying to figure it out. Or it means he's going to waltz back into the team for the major without any warm-up tournaments or anything like that. And that's gonna and that's gonna be a disaster. If anything, that actually hurts NIP. Because the worst, the craziest thing about it is they're looking like a really good team without him. There is yeah. even an argument you can make right now. They don't need device. 
I'll even take it like we did with Astralis with Lockie last year. I thought it was a disgrace that Astralis allowed Glaive to sit out because he was obviously during like the birth of his child. They had Bobski play the qualifier, yeah. win the qualifier, and then go, you don't get to play the major though. So if they do the same thing in NIP, if they have Fozzie play, qualify for the major, and then go, you have to go because devices come. Nah, fuck that. I'm, I'm not on that train. I don't care if he's had mental health problems, etc. That doesn't mean you get to ruin someone else's career and fuck with their life and just opportunistically choose when you're in and out and in and out. And out. Like, look, if it's really serious, go, leave. You have to take a year off, take a sabbatical. Because that's the other problem I have is if this was something like I need a bit of time off, how much time? Because like Richard says, we're getting to like over four months now. Like I even have this question. I know no pro player will ever actually take to heart what I'm saying, but I wish a couple of you would. How many fucking enormous bundles of cash have to be sent to your house every month before it just ticks over in your brain? should probably eventually do something to earn this money. I find that insane. Like, if you knew the kinds of money people in my area used to make for, like, a real hard working man's job, and you're getting paid, like, 30 times that and going, don't feel like working this month, though. Oh, um, what about next month? Play it by ear. Nah, this, that's the problem, right? Either it's a month or two, and you're coming back after that, you've had your re relaxation, or it's a really serious issue, in which case, stop fucking around, this is twit longers and stuff, leave and go and get serious help, but, like, you cannot, I've said this in the past few months, but it's even more important, bear in mind the major's coming now, you can't just tank your whole org and your teammates' career like this, bro. Like, eventually, you you have to actually be very self-responsible and know that if it's this serious, then don't then don't keep us on tenterhooks, don't make it feel like you're coming in through the door next moment because i also think the same thing of the org like what an amazing job this new coach dgl must have fucking done with this group of players to not have their morale just boom when the guy never comes back but it's constantly hinted he's coming back and yet you're supposed to make what's in theory a temporary roster but it hasn't been it's played for months and months now you're supposed to make that team function and you can't be functioning like right do things this way guys but of course next week we'll scrap all that device you can't fucking do your career that way like by the way mad props to the NIP players that are in the team. I even yeah. think they look like they'll bloody make the major. They might even they even have a dark horse chance to win the bloody this blast thing we're talking about here. They'd probably be like third or fourth in line. That just actually shows what a great job the rest of the players have done and the the new coach. But I have to say the device saga has gone from like dramatic, fascinating. It's just boring at this point in time now. Like I really just like even if he comes back, I'll still have to get re-excited about the idea it's going to be a big thing. So yeah, I'm with Richard. Like everyone else still f seems to feel like we're going to have like, you know, oh my God, well, whose music is that? Like when the major begins and the device comes in. I don't think that's going to happen. And if it did, I think it might even be the wrong move. Yeah, and just just to follow through on that as well. Like, yeah, it, it's listen. Plopsky has had a change his position, you know, a number of times and changed the way he's kind of approaching the game a number of times. While it bedded in new players, obviously Brolan, you know, it was that's the time before Brolan. Now it's Brolan, and yeah, he what? He, so he's been a great servant to the team, and he just doesn't get to go to a major, does he not? Uh, it's like. That's not fair. That's objectively not fair. And anything you could say about Bubsky being treated poorly by Astralis would definitely apply to the player who's got to miss out to make way for Device, especially given if you qualify. If they qualify for the major without him and then put Device in because they had the wherewithal to put him on the subs bench, it's like, yeah, it probably is the better lineup on paper, but it's not fair. And actually, in, in reality, it might not even perform as well. It might actually be a regressive move. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I think NIP, um, I, I, I'd also like the org to just 
make a statement. Manage our expectations. Tell us what's happening. Because when you see yours out on Twitter going, when device gets back, y'all, fire, 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 fuck you, Plopsky, fuck you, Plopsky. Right, like, you know, that's that that's terrible, right? But, but you know, if I'm a fan of NIP, I'm, I want to know where's device, when's he coming back, what team's going to play, what are the long-term plans, like... Not fire fucking emoji. That's that's that doesn't help me out, does it? So yeah, I, I think I think NIP have got like it might be a nice problem to have, but if device never comes back, they've made one of the most expensive flop signings in the history of the game. There's a little doubt considering the uh, the hype that was built up around the whole move. Oh, of course, and, yeah. But, ah, man, are, oh, are and, Nick... and spoiler by the way, they should go to the grand final. Well, just to make it relevant to what we're talking about. Uh, they yeah. should go to the grand final on that side of the bracket. They should beat every other team on their side yeah. to set up a final against heroic or maybe ends. They do. They exactly. They do actually have quite the uh, quite the bracket to play in here. Yeah. Um, this is. It's worth mentioning that um, uh, Broland should be. Uh, mm. Is he going to be on this uh, team? Because right now on Liquipedia, when we're recording this, they have not updated it. It's still Fozzy here. But currently, right now, in the he's in the RMR, so I don't know he's how that maybe Blast has a different well, rule for roster or something. I and don't so know. this is going to be a, like all over the place in that case, in terms of like who uh, who is actually going to be playing on this roster and what's going to what's going to happen going forward. Um, Nip, you got to give management credit, I suppose, on that front is that they are still trying to make plays, they're still trying to make moves. Mm -hmm. uh, but again. It is still NIP, and it still feels like the whole messaging, everything that around this team still revolves around device, and it's mad. Oh, yeah. By the way, the other thing to say as well is this. The reason why, to me, this really is the scenario of, like, is device ever coming back? is because it's not even like you're coming back to the same, like, flawed team you left. You're coming back to a team that's got Brolin in now. And if I was him, I've at least been at least checking in on what the results are. I would be pretty impressed with these guys. I'd be like, hey, you know what? Without me, they've actually sort of, like, learned a style of play. They've gotten way better. They've had wins they shouldn't have. Have, what we've just signed the best young Swedish player like if I have any fire left in me to compete that's when I'm coming back of course I want to be on this major so that's why to me yeah. like I'm genuinely shocked Semler when when I heard all these things of like they're going to list him as a sub for the major and oh he's playing FPL I assumed I, that I would just see him in this first RMR game and it's like right he's back okay he's going to play the RMR if they make the major he makes the major if they don't by the way if you don't you get a little bit of time off anyway so like I, I can't believe he's not in the lineup like that, that apparently he just just looks like he'll come back for the major. I think that's mental. I mean, it's so silly. This is, I mean, is he? But he's not even in Stockholm anymore. That's the other question in terms of like everybody else on this team. You know, the whole thing was about how they are based in Stockholm. There's no where in the world is Device? Yeah, Carmen yeah. San Diego, exactly. Exactly, dude. Go. Uh, we can cut off certain regions based on how many hours like fly into the west it is of Device. <laughs> you know, just logistics <laughs> on that one, guys. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually the only bad part about following our shows i think it's part of why people are big fans but the amount it's like a fucking marvel comic book from 1960 the amount of fucking like see episode 15 of like i haven't got that one though yeah it's good luck keeping up on the jokes and the law is actually mental isn't it and half of it's just like self-referential jokes that weren't even a thing in the first place just something someone said three years ago he just made it and it just keeps going and it keeps Thorin toots when he pleases like, I, I'll put it to you without saying what the thing we said was. I remember one time saying, like, a ridiculous in-joke in a green room and someone who worked for, like, the tournament organizer, it might even have been Ealing, just going, like, wow, is that person really doing that? And I, I had to sort of, like, snap out and go, oh, no, sorry, we're just actually making shit up about them. And, like, that's not true at all. Like, but, like all right, oh, okay. Like, <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> You'll get used to it. That's the way it is around here. I say A leagues that don't work with anymore, so it doesn't fucking matter if it's A league at this point, does it? So yeah. jokes Regardless. on them. Well, gentlemen. I think this is probably a good place uh, to, to call it a day. I mean, we do have an idea of where the bracket's going, um, unless we want to quickly talk about ends, but they are on the other side of the bracket. If it feels like looking at it, Nip are going to make the run to the grand finals, uh, given uh, the state of Astralis, Movie Star Riders, Bad News Eagles. It feels like Nip have got that one. And then Heroic seem to be on the upswing, and they are on the other side of the bracket. So we could very well wind up with a Nip Heroic grand final for the one spot available to go into. Uh, Ents can final. definitely have something to say about it, and I think it is worth drawing some attention to them because obviously ESL Pro League, when they they got out of a group that, you know, it. it, it I don't want to say it was tough because, you know, Fnatic were in there with stand-ins, Sprout were in there, but, you know, they beat Vitality, they beat Virtus Pro, uh, Sprout, Fnatic, you know, they did that. Then they beat, they were the guys that knocked the Movie Star Riders out. They actually did beat NIP um, in the Pro League and took them up off phase in the final. And honestly, that final, I mean, you know, for a best of five with only four maps in it, it was it was pretty decent. It was it was it was back and forth, although I would say Fears were clearly the better team. Um I I, I, I feel that if Heroic are going to stumble, it's going to be to a team like Ents, right? Where, uh, you know, because you can never fully back Heroic. You can, No matter how, yeah, they're on the upswing. Yeah, an amazing roster. Yeah, they're even doing well. Wow, they've qualified for the mid. It doesn't matter how many Ws Heroic stack. There is an L, a big fat L round the corner, right, ready to come out of nowhere. That's just the nature of being yes. a Heroic. They are like one down bad performance you know, a one Kadian bad performance away from not winning the game they should win. So I'm not all in on heroic. Like it could, like I think heroic and Ents will play, and I will have, I will give heroic the edge there. But it's not out of the realms of possibility that Ents could be in the final of this bracket, taking on that NIP team. I think the fact it's an online tournament as well means, in theory, they're the sort of team that's benefit. Like you play without the same sort of pressure. You just, you just frag out, and they have, they have the team to do it. Yeah. And I feel that's also true for Heroic. I think Heroic being insulated from the crowd gives them a lot more than it gives Ents. You know, I don't think people put the same level of expectation on Ents. Heroic have been pretenders. You know, they've been those top five pretenders for so long now. It's like, when are you going to win a big tournament? When are you going to get back to the number one spot? When are you going to do this? When are you going to do that? There is that expectation there. Coupled with the fact that on any given day, they're the most despised team in CSGO because of that's all true. of the history yeah. of the people that have come through. Yeah. So them being online, that's what they, it's like. It's okay, Stown, come here, little, little, little Stown, just come over here and play and that's great like that's really good for him certainly a lot better than having a hostile crowd all up in your grill so i i, I i've got heroic probably winning the whole thing overall frankly i think they'll beat nip in the final when they eventually get there but as i said ents will have something to say about it and they shouldn't be slept on at this moment in time well terrific with that I think that sums up uh, quite nicely this tournament that we have to look forward to here. It's going to be the Blast Spring Showdown. Two teams will qualify because there's also the American side of the bracket. And um, we'll see how it goes down because obviously we are going to want to look at uh, uh, the spring uh, finals when they come around. But uh, for now, guys, I got to say thanks very much. Again, awesome podcast, really entertaining. And um, thank you to Deserto for putting it on. Thank you to Pop Flash and uh, our community that is growing by the day be sure to keep hitting the subscribe button guys uh we can't let launders as a pull ahead we gotta go ahead and uh take the lead in that race 
just has to be done. Uh, but be sure to hit the like button and also leave a comment if you guys disagree, agree, uh, or just want to uh, talk trash. Feel free. Get in the comments. Make him go respond to that fire alarm permanently. Exactly. So he can't show his face on the internet because we've got more subs than him. Brilliant. And on that note, see you next time.